Okay, first of all, let me apologize. It's definitely Bellarmino, not Bellarmini. But you'll see. Have a good show, friends. Here we go. Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Pandemic. (laughs) Welcome back to our pandemic year of Critical Thinking shows. It's our pandemic project. Yes, along with whatever project you're doing is also a pandemic project. So... Who? You mean everybody? Everybody listening. Oh, man. Well, it. Uh, we hope that your pandemic projects are just outstanding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Ryan Barnes, my co-host. Who? You. Ryan and I are coming to you on location at from Bellarmine University. Bellarmine University. Home of the Knights. Namesake of Roberto Bellarmini. Are you serious? Yeah. Tell me about this gentleman. Do you know, you don't know Roberto Bellarmini? Are you making this up? I'm totally not. Who is There's he? a statue of him right outside the library. Really? We should go get a Looking photo Looking over him. a town. Yeah. Which was the town where he lived. In he Italy? Was, he, yes, he was an inquisitor. Really? He was. Guess who he inquired regarding? Uh, it, was, it wasn't during the Spanish Inquisition, was it? I mean, I would say maybe toward the end, I think would be the, the better way to put it. Okay. Right? You ever, heard, you ever heard of a guy named Galileo? Yes, of course. That's our he guy. He was a critical thinker. He was... So, he, wait a minute. So this Bellarmine <laughs> namesake <laughs> was an inquisitor of Galileo? That's right. Like, why do you think the earth is round? No, why won't you recant this heresy? <laughs> oh, I see. Not yeah. even inquiring into his reasoning. No, no, I mean an inquisitor in the classic sense, right? With the, um, you know, if you won't take this back, we're going to get some, um, we're going to find ways to make you do that. And so, wow. There are legends about it. I just don't know the details. I've heard so many conflicting stories. There are definitely whitewashed versions. There are definitely more um, uh, sort of gnarly versions about this. But Galileo was under house arrest for decades because of his position uh, regarding uh, the things we know him for so well in the scientific community, particularly his opposition uh, to the uh, terracentric theory. Right? You remember big heliocentrism guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Bellarmini <laughs> was involved in that whole thing. I just, I, I encourage people to look it up because it is a fascinating local anecdote that has uh, this university here in Louisville, Kentucky named for Robert Bellarmine. Let's put on our critical thinking hats. Where do we think we would find credible information about this guy? Definitely in a meme somewhere. <laughs> Well, okay, we could, a lot of people, you know where a lot of people would start? Guess. Um, Which website? Besides Google, where would they go? Catholic Church? They might, but they might go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. They might go to maybe, would he be biography.com? I don't know. I don't uh, know. Oh, I'm sure they have all that yeah. stuff. Maybe maybe you go to Google, I don't know if you folks don't go to Google Scholar. 
type in his name and while you're at it you could type in Brian and my my name and you could read some of our articles on critical thinking because this radio show is not enough for you I know we've got some articles floating out there yeah and I mean again I'm not saying that like you know this guy tortured Galileo or so I'm not saying that I'm just saying that he features prominently um, in the story and um, certainly there are it's an interesting story. So here okay. we are. Here we are at the university bearing his name. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we are usually at University of Louisville, so we're just on location today. Brian teaches um, in many universities in the city of Louisville, and um, so it's fun to it's fun to be on location. So absolutely. Oh, and I did I did discover that I mispronounced dude's name. What is it? It's Bellarmino. Bellarmino. Not Bellarmini. Okay. Yeah. Where are you looking that up? Where's that from? Oh, Encyclopedia Britannica has wow. him in here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that might be the subject of another show. Roberto Bellarmino. We might we might need to do another show about him. You know, they've done they've got a big statue here, and they've done a, a big uh, they did a thing in the library for the uh, some kind of um, the anniversary anniversary of thing. The anniversary. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But listen, folks, today today we have some really interesting stuff to share. I thought it was already interesting. I thought we I thought we came out with the interesting stuff. Actually, you know what? When I, the minute I said that, I thought, does that mean la other weeks were not as interesting? Oh, I'm sure that's true. Well, we'll leave that up to our listeners yeah. to decide. Oh, by the way, if anybody would like to weigh in, yeah, you know, you could get us at the Facebook page, Critical Thinking for Everyone. Yeah, let us know. Is anything we do interesting or yeah. what is what we do that's yeah. interesting? And if you're really deeply pondering what it is that we do, you'll want to remember that we're... Uh, having this party on 106.5 FM, WFMP, LP, Forward Radio, Louisville, Kentucky. That's social justice radio, and it is out of the Hayburn building in downtown Louisville, and sometimes it's on the Centro patio at Bellarmine University. Oh, I thought you were going to say Patty. Something patty. patty is on You're with patty the patio. You're with Patty on the patio. Terrace. Yeah. Or is this a terrace or a patio? Oh, I'm sure, balcony. I'm sure it's Terrazio here at this... <laughs> Italian-inspired hotspot. I don't mean to use hotspot in, a, in an alarming way. Sort of everything's fine around here. Yeah, yeah. it's hot just because of the temperature today. Oh, uh, well, it is uh, a little muggy, but we yeah. are here in, uh, in muggy Louisville in August. I'm yeah. not even sure the COVID can affect the humidity for that one. So um, today's show is an interesting article from the... Um, uh, bucket of the the metaphorical bucket I keep with all these you know articles I come across right. and about critical thinking and this one I, I sent to you and I said this would make a great show it's called the first clue you're not a critical thinker yeah yeah it's by a guy named Brian Lee yeah not to be confused with Brian Tracy no we seem to be doing a lot of Brian's this year okay I'm not sure what that is well um, but that's 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 the theme. That's we another can take theme. It. We can take it. And then, um, so get this, get this. I started reading his intro about how this world is so polarized, and we need critical thinking more than ever. Uh -huh. And I'm like wondering, uh -huh. gee, you know, he must have written this recently. Like, is this during the Trump era? Era? And I looked up the year. Did you look up the year? Uh, no, I didn't look up the yes. year. Yes. Just guess. Guess when he wrote this oh. about the the die the dire need for critical thinking in the world today. Well, I mean, all the all the comments are from two thousand seven, right? Or at least the beginning of them are. Yes. So yeah. So you're making a not solid inference that it was two thousand seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah but so, for sure. So Brian must be spinning 
in circles if he was thinking this in 2007 because, you know, he, he says the fact that the United States as a country and the world as a whole are both becoming more and more polarized is evidence that people are trending toward banding together in a groupthink mentality instead of forming opinions of their own. So, yeah, this is not this is not unique to our life right now. But I just I just was like, wow, boy, Brian Lee, wonder what you think about it now. Yeah, well, I mean, I think also the the model that he uses certainly is one that would lend itself to discussing the polarization of right now. Um, yes. I'm not really sure that it's accurate and I'm not a sociologist. So I hesitate to say, I'm, I'm not sure it captures all of my experience, but at the same, that's what I mean when I say maybe it's not accurate. I'm not sure that it, it it's full. Um, but I, I do think it maps very well onto the current conditions. Yes, I think so too. And and I think also his discussion of critical thinking, while you and I certainly would, you know, have, I would say, more depth and breadth to how we might define critical thinking than the way he does. But I think he has a lot of really interesting points and things that intersect really well with some of the things we've been saying. And what what piqued my interest in this article is the way he says it, the first clue, you're not a critical thinker because you and I have been talking about for years on this show. What is a critical thinker? Right. Like, what does it look like? I mean, sometimes we'll talk about the negative example, of course, but, but I just thought this was a really interesting spin on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and what does he say? What's the first well, clue? Do you remember? This is, yes. Yes. Well, I've got the article to remind me here. He says this, this is what he says. The first clue <laughs> this is so interesting. The first clue you're not a critical thinker is you basically agree with everyone else in your social circle, which yeah. I was like, okay, stakes is, you know, plants his flag right there. And I thought that was really interesting. He's saying if everyone around you is a Democrat, you believe that all conservative thought is simple minded, racist, greedy, etc. If everyone around you Republican, you believe that all liberal thought is evil, self-absorbed, entitled theoretical fantasy. This is called being an ideologue. So he says, so I thought that was really interesting, especially as we head into, as we're in the middle of a, well, not in the middle, we're near the end of an election year. Yep. And yep. it feels like people are at the, you know, in their foxholes and lobbying their, their ideologue sort of views across the, across the other side. And he says, if you're a critical thinker, you might agree with some conservative thought and some liberal thought, but you respect both sides. You don't succumb to the social pressure to agree with everything on one side or the other. Right. But I mean, and so this is exactly where I want to make a comment. Like, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying right now. And I or think, that Brian is or that Brian, I mean, I don't disagree with your reading of Brian um, so far. And I don't really disagree with anything that Brian says, but... But I do think that it's just that the, the the one thing that I got as I read through all of this, including the sort of attached material, was it was just a little bit shallow. It's just on the surface. Like, right. like these things are true, but it is possible that I could agree with everyone in my social circle. For example, if my social circle is quite small and if the only things that we share notes on are things that you know, maybe there are good reasons to agree on. Like, maybe we all have the best evidence for those things. So I think that that's, I mean, 
he doesn't bring up those kinds of possibilities, which of course would exist, and perhaps there would be other possibilities that would exist as well that would maybe account for the outcome, but just get there by a different method. So it's not just that I'm a, a it's not just that I'm subject to groupthink, which of course all of us are. It's that this particular person here actually agrees with others in his or her social circle for excellent reasons. Right. And that's just, that's, that's not an option at all in his discussion. Right. So let's yeah. check our assumptions. I'm coming at this assuming Brian is giving a set, a brief set of ideas and concepts around critical thinking. And as I said a few minutes ago, without the breadth and depth that you and I would, let's say, spend an hour just talking about that point, right? We could. Instead, what I see Brian's purpose here is sort of a way to, for the lay reader, a way to say, hey, let's check your thinking, right? Like when yeah. we had, you know, like, so I agree with you. There is a lot more here. But, but for some people who have never maybe thought about this, I think it's a really, again, it, yes, it's shallow because it's brief, He's, he's asking us to, to check our thinking and go, wait, really, have I, have I really thought about the Republic? What, what parts of that do I agree with? And if I can't say that I've even considered, if I, like, if I said to you, what do you agree with, um, you know, Mitch McConnell's, you know, um, positions on these three things and you can't, you, you can't even tell me what they are, then it kind of goes with what Brian's saying is that we're sort of like, well, whatever Mitch McConnell thinks I'm against. Right. Oh yeah. And I and don't even know what it is, but yeah. I just know I don't agree. And I don't have any problem with that. Again. I mean, that's, that's useful stuff. It's just that he does try to go deeper. I mean, he brings in, um, you know, the psych, the psychologist, William Perry, he has, yeah, he, he does. brings in the, this model and he hangs everything on this model. And the problem is the model's shallow. So okay. the model the model only has three parts to it. You have a dualistic mindset, you have a relativistic mindset, right? Or, or you're you a, critical a critical thinker. thinker. Right. And I just think that those aren't you know what they're talking about here is that dualism creates these false dichotomies and I think that the whole theory is a false dichotomy unfortunately. And again it's useful for the surface. But I think we're going to be wrong a lot because I think it assumes that, I mean, it definitely assumes that people are in this dualistic frame of mind or they're in a relativistic frame of mind. And while on some topics they may well be, like politics or something, on other topics like food, they may not be. Okay, fair, fair. I want to use his work as a jumping off point, not as a... Like, let's drink it wholesale and then, you know, try to fit it, see if we agree or disagree. I guess I'm, I'm interested in what he has to say as a jumping off point for our thinking about well, critical thinking. that's cool. I just want to make sure that if we're, we're bringing it, I think it's important that we look at this, just at this bit of underlying theory that he's got here, so that if people say, oh, yeah, well, I think that what they said the other day about checking myself as a critical thinker is pretty lucid stuff, I just want to point out that it's more complex than just agreeing or disagreeing, which is, of course, part of what our author is trying to say in the first place, 
but the model that's given is worth looking at. The one that, that um, are we linking this on our Facebook page? We can. I think yeah. we should, and I think people should go and look at uh, the way that um, Perry's model is rendered here um, by, by Brian. By Brian Lee? Brian Lee? Brian Lee, yeah. Actually, he doesn't explain the whole Perry's model, and I think he doesn't even cite William Perry. Well, he does over if you click on... Oh, if you click on his... Yeah, if you click... Oh, when he talks about you, that. If you click back the way we're supposed to. <laughs> I know, you're right, he does. Yeah. You're right, I printed... See, this is the difference. You were reading it online, I was yeah. reading it on paper. Yeah. But, okay, so let's... Let's you and I, I think, are, are coming at it from slightly different angles. That's here. okay. I'm and gonna let I'm gonna let that go. I just wanted to just put wanted it to out. point it out. There. Yep. Okay. That's all. Okay. But I think statements like you don't, if you're a critical thinker, you don't succumb to the social pressure to agree with everything on one side or the other, is a really simple, straightforward way of giving us a filter to say to ourselves, for anyone, listeners, us to say. And do I agree with everything? And where is it because I've thought it through or is it because I'm like, hey, I identify as a Democrat or, a, yeah. you know, or a whatever. And so then I just wholesale agree with everything that, you know, Fox News says because I'm identifying as a Republican. So as Republican. So so I, I think I think those kinds of nuggets in here to me are really interesting because it, it gives it gives. I think it can give us a way to go. Okay, all right. This is a, this is a just a, a little filter, a little set of questions that help us kind of check ourselves as thinkers. Oh yeah, and I think there's a ton of that out there. And I think we got this from GeniusTypes.com. Yes. Right. So that's yes. one to look at if you want to get more information on on this approach. But I, I guess. I like looking at the nuggets and I like talking about them and I think they are important jumping off points. My concern is that when you just kind of have the conclusion or you have an aphorism, there's never any process associated with that. So like if a, if a person goes, well, you know, I am, uh, you know, falling into this trap where I'm well, involved yeah, like in the group thing. What do I do? How do yeah, I? Yeah, what do I do? I don't think you get a lot here. <laughs> no. There's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of either, ex, there are some examples, but there aren't a lot of examples, and there's very little theory that will actually help you change your thinking. It just kind of tells you, like, you're thinking like this, now you want to think yeah. like this, and there's no bridge, but you can't even see Russia from here, <laughs> right? So how in the world? Well, you have to listen to some of more of our shows. We are the bridge, if you were looking for the bridge, we can get you from uh, one one side to the other side yeah. from a critical yeah. thinking point of view. He says, a critical thinker tries to separate hysteria from reality. How? Well, uh, yeah. being skeptical so he says, of critical it. thinkers tend to be skeptical of mass hysteria. If everyone is yeah. panicked about one issue, it's logical to assume that they will forget about it in a few years. So what I loved about that, what oh, I man. loved about that okay, is tell us. that... It made me think of all the times we've talked about clickbait, all the times we've talked about those headlines that yeah. red wine makes you li live longer. And then you and I know that when we clicked back and we really drilled down in that, we found out, oh, actually, the reality of what this research is showing is much more nuanced. Right. So what we began to, you and I began to tell our audiences is when you see those quote unquote clickbait, hysteria, you know, six, seven word headlines that are meant to sort of provoke right there that should have like your critical thinking 
ears perk up and go, wait a minute, this is this is trying to this is trying to push a button here. This is trying yeah. to, you know. So I so for me, I looked at this article through the lens of again these these a concept tend to be skeptical of mass hysteria and yeah. went okay. There's actually a lot underneath here. He doesn't give it to us, but right. for the purposes of this show, you and I can sort of. Yeah, yeah, no, there is, and I think that I mean I'm glad that you're giving some of that stuff. I mean I I'll tell you why I tell you why I don't like that um, that particular aphorism, I guess. And this is again this is the problem that I have with a lot of the stuff that's in here. And we can say, well, it's you know, it's just an article, and it you know isn't complete or whatever. But he does give hyperlinks back to other things he's written in order to elaborate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, some of his some authors. Of the, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Does. So yeah. I think that there's a real attempt here to really get the ideas out there in a complete way. But here's the problem. When you say critical thinkers avoid mass hysteria because it'll probably just die down in a few years anyway. Well, well, I mean, what about if there's a fire? What about if there's a shooting? What about what about that time when I was in the army? This is some years ago. You probably remember in Washington D.C. there were sniper. Yeah. Right. And so there's a couple of snipers going around, and they're shooting people randomly at the mall, on the street, just all over the place. On the highway, yeah. Yeah. People were really frightened about that. I think there were good reasons for people to be frightened about that because initially it was totally random. The dude was just driving around randomly right. to do this. Right. We ultimately found out. So it's – I just think that, again, if you want to follow this up with a paragraph, if you want to do five paragraphs about how mass hysteria is a critical thinking trap, and then you want to throw in a paragraph about how – but, you know, sometimes when everybody's running away – you ought to run away too. I just think that that would be useful, and that's my that's my concern yeah, is I that see. is that he's right. only given the he's he's ironically kind of a little bit of a dualist. He's he's yeah, yeah he's giving yeah. the stuff really that supports his point, but he's not given the other stuff. And I just again I think all these. It's I mean, interesting. I mean, for it's interesting. example, for example, other clues are not a critical thinker. I found this to be, if he hadn't already been kind of not given us the goods, yeah, I would have taken this um, much better than I did. But he does this thing. He says, you're a conformist. You're an anti-conformist. <laughs> you're, you can be easily categorized politically. Um, you have strong feelings of dislike for the other side. I mean... I don't know. The first two, of course, are just opposites, and they don't actually give us any guidance whatsoever, right? right? And the other one is um, – the other ones are just so general. Um, I see where he's going. I mean, when you look at this idea about uh, – dualism the way that he and Perry talk about it, you know, that I, I, I tend to sort of in camp intellectually on, on a certain side. I see how these might be in, in all four cases, how these might be warning bells, you know, they're canary yeah. in the coal mine. Yeah. I a like little like, hey, let's, let me look at that. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And for all of that, I'm with you for all of that. 
I I dig that. I think it's good for that. I just wish there was a little bit of well, a little bit of how to in there. Well, Brian, I think you and I are illus- are ironically illustrating one of his points. Oh, I'll bet we are. Just like it's, he's ironically illustrating some one of ours. It's 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 the point that critical thinkers why we don't get invited to many parties. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're out here doing this radio yeah, show and, and the party's I, going on. You and I are illustrating this, right? We're oh. we're we're um. We're 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 taking it apart in a way that I think is I think is sort of interesting, but some people might just be rolling their eyes and being like, "Oh, you two, enough with that." Well, um, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. and I mean, I I can certainly understand that. I think you already did that yourself. Yeah. Um, well, can, I'd like to point out. Go get him. Okay, so he also says this. This was really interesting when he was saying, you know, do you think for yourself, right? So we know intellectual autonomy is a really important aspect of being a critical thinker. And so he says, how closely do your political views match those of your parents? How about your friends, your coworkers, your race, your gender, your socioeconomic situation? It's perfectly natural to assume some of your values from your circle of influence, but have you considered other points of view before deciding on your own? I thought that was, again, when you and I talk about epistemic responsibility yep. right we talked about that last time right being being responsible for understanding how you know what you know right yep. did i just assume did i do i just believe this because oh my parents and my social circle all this or have i actually considered other points of view and decided that this is my value system have you thought about um how that gets done Again, that's I, I I think it's a great point. Can we give some suggestions, kind of fill in the gap here about about how do I do that? Because again, yeah, I don't just want to be kind of a reactionary, like someone says, "Well, I really agree with the president." And you're like, "I'll never agree with that president." Right? I mean, you can't tell me what to say or believe or do. I mean, we don't just want to be confrontational in our opposition we want to be thoughtful about it <clears throat> that's one problem the other problem that i have is how do how do i know i'm being honest with myself take when you consider other points yeah barely consider other points yeah of view. how do i know i'm doing it i mean any suggestions for that one like because i can imagine how i could re- like let's say i've read a lot of comic books yeah and People ask me, what's your favorite comic book hero? And I go, oh, well, it's Spider-Man. And they say, well, have you even read Batman? They say, yeah, I read a lot of Batman. Still like Spider-Man. And they say, well, I don't think you've done your research. You said, I I read all of Batman. (laughs) Right? So, I mean, why do I like Spider-Man better than Batman? We never got to that. It's just just that I think I've done my research because I read a lot of those comics. But I don't know if I was considering them fair-mindedly at all or if I'm doing it now. Okay. Help me. Great point. Great point. So... You and I have talked about the importance of getting alternative points of view. And one of the ways you can do that is by seeking out, actively seeking out, let's say we have that media bias chart. Folks, you can find that media bias chart on Google if you Google that. All right. And it shows you where different public media or media companies or news or newspapers fall on a spectrum Left, right, right, conservative. Okay. And so you could say, well, okay, I'm going to read about this issue around um, election interference. I'm going to read it from three different, right, um, points of view. Okay, so that would be a technique. So that would be one way. And, you know, the other technique that he said here that kind of caught me up short. 
is you can't be friends with members of one way you know yeah. you're not a critic you can't be friends of, of with members of certain groups Saw that and one, yeah. I have to tell you I have a friend who triggers me on Facebook uh-huh. whose political views are very different okay and it really triggers me and sure. another friend we sure. both get triggered by this person sure. and the things they post okay and uh, one time about um, three or four months ago I posted something about that was sort of like another point of view to what she was saying and she's like well I'd like to see evidence of that and so I went and found evidence from a newspaper and I put it up there and okay. but the the rest of the commentary on that with her other colleagues and stuff got completely like nobody paid any attention to the fact that I I had put she said well I'd like to show that and and I shared that but I guess my point is then I got caught up in well, they, they're, they're just looking to disagree with me, and I'm just looking to disagree with them. And so when I was thinking about this article and how she triggers me, I thought, you know, part of the reason she triggers me is because she's put stuff up, but we don't have a chance to talk. We're not talking face-to-face. Right. I'm not sitting down with her and going, you know what? I notice you're a big fan of Trump. Can you tell me why? Okay. Help me understand. See, sure. that that's a legitimate critical thinking move, just not liking her meme. Yeah. On Facebook triggers me and doesn't give me a chance to learn. Right. And I've noticed when people try to debate, you know what she'll say sometimes? What's is, that? No, no debating. I'm done. I've said I've said what I wanted. She'll just say, you know, yeah. I, it's all right. I only came here to talk. I didn't come here to listen. <laughs> so I've said my part and that's well, it. Well, I'm not saying so. Well, that's what that's what that <laughs> that's means right there. Right. So. so anyway, but it caught me up short and I said, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll get together with her this fall and just say, I'd really love to have an open conversation with you about because sometimes when she posts things about like vaccinate she's an anti-vaxxer and she posts stuff sometimes I want to go like um my reaction is very uh what was I going to say I forgot what I was going to say but it's very um Oh, I know. Sometimes she'll post things that are that demonstrate a logical fallacy. Like she's buying into a logical fallacy, yeah. like jumping on the bandwagon. But yeah. I don't want to say, you know what? You look like you're jumping on, on her face. Oh, you look like you're jumping on the bandwagon. Have you here. seen it's this illogical. meme? You should, you, you should get a whole gang of like fallacy memes. <laughs> they have them out there. And just post that. Just put po- like, I don't know, maybe with Kermit sipping tea. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this one person in Florida means everything is bad. Yeah. Right? That's so so instead true. I want to resist that as a critical figure and actually sit down with her and go, Can or would you be willing to trade points of view about this? Yeah, oh yeah, that's great. That would be a good critical thinking move if I'm brave enough to do it. It's a great way to do it. It's a great way to do it. Here's the problem. Here's another problem though, to go just a little bit deeper on this, because people could do the things that you just said. Yes. But still not be aware of their own biases and how, for example, I give, went. Give me, yeah, give me an example. I went and I looked at three different news outlets from that document that you pointed me to. The media from bias three chart. Three different parts of the spectrum on the media bias chart. They all essentially said what I thought. They all, they all kind of agreed with me. Yeah. Right. So I'm definitely right. Right. Well, I mean, no, definitely not, right? <laughs> I mean, almost definitely, you're not right, but because you read it with your bias, because there's more to it, and because yeah, because you probably did read it with your bias, and you're probably not. I mean, if you read it and you say, well, that's it, do I just have to read it until I find disagreement? I mean, sometimes there legitimately isn't disagreement, right? And if I go and I get together with a friend, and we let's say we don't argue, maybe <clears throat> maybe we find that on Facebook we have a difficult time reaching a consensus on topics but when we're face to face we're it's really easy 
we're really we we can. And it looks like there's not that much distance between us in the first place. Maybe maybe there really are problems with vaccines. You start to tell yourself as you walk to the car, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe she's really onto something with those examples that How she brought. How many articles have I really read? How about many articles vaccines? have I really read? I mean. <laughs> Of course, it's great for me to go back and check my vaccine knowledge again. I mean, no question. But, but I'm just not sure in these cases if I have really – how do I know that I've challenged my own point of view? I mean, I've gotten together with others that I think might disagree with me, but how do I know that I've really – how do I know that I've really challenged my point of view? Is there any way for me? Yes. Because, because sometimes I challenge my point of view and I find out I was right in the first place legitimately. Okay. Here's one way you know. Okay. You experience some cognitive dissonance. Do I have to? No, I'm just saying that's one way. You said, you said well, how do I know? And I'm just saying one way oh, is I'm when sorry. you experience cognitive dissonance. I'm looking dissonance. for a necessary thing. You're looking for the necessary component? Yeah, the, the component that would be in all instances of uh, me actually challenging no matter how I did it. I think, okay, so if I had to answer that, I would say one way I might know is if I see the issue now in a more complex, nuanced way. Then when then I went into it, that that actually deepens my understanding of vaccinations and even why some people don't are are anti-vaxxers, right? Okay. And so it might not change my point. It might not change totally, but it gives me another point of view that helps me see the issue in a more fulsome way. Okay. So I, yeah, I dig that. I would I would put some language in there, something like it helps me recognize explicitly such that I can write it down or tell it to myself or tell it to others. It helps me recognize explicitly um, the complexity of the issue, that there's more complexity now because I investigated this, however it turned out, right or wrong or whatever. I recognize there's another layer of complexity here that I wasn't looking at before. So I I agree with that. I think that that's great. Here's my follow-up question to that, because somebody, again, might want to do this. Right, right. How do I know that I've legitimately picked up a deeper layer of complexity instead of just getting lateral but different information than what I had in the beginning? Okay, okay. How can Good I know question. that? Good question. So one way... I might do that is let's say I'm wondering because I am why do all these people in Kentucky where I live vote for Mitch McConnell why why do why do people vote for Mitch McConnell especially people in rural areas that rely on might need universal health care and you know might um, actually benefit from some of the things that he's trying to get rid of like Medicaid or limit Medicaid. So I might yeah. ask myself, right? Yep. Why do they? Why That's do they? And questions. I so so one thing I could do is make an intentional effort to read about the from those voices and from those points of view why they support Mitch McConnell. And so maybe what I'll begin to see is their points of view and their value system that is unique or specific to their situation that I cannot understand from my urban you know, academic ivory tower. And so it helps me go, oh, okay, now I understand. Maybe not why everyone does, but I've heard these voices and now I I don't say to myself, ugh, why 
did they vote for him? And just this rhetorical kind of like, you know, you know, anger thing. And I go, oh, I, I see. I now I see why they vote for him. So so that so that that helps me see another point of view. I don't have to agree with it. Right. But it actually helps me answer that question as opposed to just beating my head against the wall. That's right. And you might say, oh, you know, I suspected before it was because they're being misled. And you go and you do a bunch of research and you go, oh, my God, it's definitely because they're being misled. There's no question whatsoever that that's why. Or, right. But or, you did the, re- that's what I found on my right. research. Okay. But anyway, that's just me. Okay. Or, okay. Well, I think you and I have both given some good ways or some good things for people to think about, I hope, on, they've given me things to think about, and I think about this stuff all the time, sure. and, I, and I'm still trying to figure it out, and, and you know, you and I are both learners, lifelong learners. Oh, yeah, are well, we? yeah, well, are I think we? so. I mean, I'm definitely a lifelong failer, so <laughs> and sometimes that turns back into something positive, so I'll, I'll call that learning. I'll say I keep doing that. All right, so I want to share something else he said me that too. I thought was interesting. Okay, me too. Okay, do you want to go first or you want me to It doesn't to matter. Okay, near the end of the article, he says, to become a critical thinker, you have to be willing to accept the fact that you might be wrong. That's my spot. Oh, that's your ah, spot. See, look at us. Look at us. Critical thinking wonder twins. Intellectually twinning. In order to do that, you have to be secure. An insecure person feels threatened when questioned. Yeah. A secure person is interested in hearing yeah. why they are being questioned. Let me say this again. A uh. secure person is interested in hearing why they're being questioned. I have to say, I think you are much better at that than me. I really think you're much better at <sighs> that than me. I don't know. Better at what? You are. Be- I see, my perception is that when someone's questioning you, the way you respond yeah. seems more fair-minded and actually interested as opposed to me, which sometimes I'm defensive Oh, I mean, I'm sure I'm defensive too. Sometimes you, but maybe you hide, just hide it better. No, I don't, I don't, I don't hide it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't make any efforts to do that. Um, I, yeah, I try to be genuine with questioning. I'm, I'm super bummed by the shallowness of these comments on Brian Lee's part. I mean, because again, I like where he starts with that, but it just simply is not the case that everyone who is intolerant of being questioned about their position is uncomfortable with their position. Well, that just simply is no, not you're true. Right. You're right. And that's the problem is that, the, you know, he, he doesn't, again, the nuance or the complexity of, of all this is, is unfortunately a little bit lost, but it is one thing that could happen, right? It could also be the case that someone who's totally insecure is excellent at faking it till they make it as we've heard as an excellent critical thinking strategy <laughs> recently as well so i mean it i i i think that if i'm a sophist yes and if i'm familiar with what people are looking for because i read brian lee's guide to critical thinking oh man i'm never getting caught in my nonsense <laughs> I mean, I'm absolutely going to be like, well, this is exactly what Brian Lee says and William Perry and everybody, you know, every other person. I hear what you're saying. So I don't know. I mean, it is, these are fine places to start. I just think that, you know, if you go around with, you know, some sort of a, a testing kit and say, ah, I can see that you're insecure. A lot of times you're going to be a butthole. (laughs) That's absolutely going to be you what are you are. I speaking from experience. Oh, my Lord. 
do I know about being a butthole? Yes, you've told there, us stories. There are not, this is not a magic eight ball. I don't care how many White House-backed uh, medical doctors claim that there's magic eight balls out there. Number one, there aren't. And number two, if there were, critical thinking is not one of them. So even if you're a sophist, I mean, it's not always a knockout punch. If these psychological tools that are being peddled to us as critical thinking, I would like to point out, by the way, that that's exactly what's happening. We have psychological tools that are being offered In to us article? as critical thinking tools. Yeah, because yeah, if you go back to the source material, that's he's using. He says explicitly he's using yeah. tools from psychology that they're critical to understanding this, and he cites them all the way through. I think if psychology had actually discovered tips like we see in the Hollywood movies and in the best-selling novels where someone just has all the insights, just kabam, just look at somebody and the way that they sit and you know everything about them. Like you can get all their money and you get all their confidence. And if these tools were out there, friends, I mean, we would have such an epidemic of being grifted upon, I think, just on, yeah. a, on an individual level that it would really be, um, it would, I, I think it would really be intolerable. Certainly there are areas where the graft is common, but I don't know that it's common to the extent that, like, they tell you in the magic shop, like, everybody can pick up this $15 packet of paper here, and uh, you, too, can have everyone in the palm of your hand. I'm, yeah. I'm just yeah. not sure we can read people so well. I, I, I agree. That's way, way overstatement. But the, the sentence that he says, though, to become a critical thinker, you have to be willing to accept the fact you might be wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm done with that it one. Is really, you and I would agree that's really important. The idea that, you know, I don't know everything about this topic, even topics I've thought about my whole life. I will be open to more information that will help develop and modify whatever I believe because that is a critical, that is staying open to, right, Roberto Bellarmino. He was not, does not sound like he was willing to accept the fact he might be wrong. Well, according to some accounts, and I just, what? oh man, it's just, it's so tough because I've read a lot of the Catholic literature on this yeah. in addition to sort of the scientific literature on this and the historical stuff. According to some accounts, you know, he was really um, uh, sympathetic to Galileo's position and wanted Galileo to recant his position in order to avoid um, him being vilified. Really? So broadly. I mean, that's one interpretation. Again, uh, I don't know. I've also heard some other ones that say, you know, other things. So, well, again, people should just look it up. But. Yeah. So you have to be willing to accept the fact that you might be wrong. Absolutely. So that means when you are being interrogated or you're interrogating someone else, that you're trying to come from a place of really genuinely understanding, like, not like, Brian, why are you saying that? But, Brian, why are you saying that? That's like, right. That's right? right? I should. That's what I should that's do right. if that's I'm right. a critical thinker. And this is really tough, I think, to do, especially if you're a teacher. I, I experienced this growing up so much, and I think it's really – I don't just mean a teacher in a classroom, but I yeah. just think it's really core to the idea, again, of lifelong learning. When people approach you with questions that are just foolish – what is wrong with these people? Like, so you didn't read any of the material. You didn't hear any of the stuff. Like, you know, literally, I just said that. And here you are. Can anybody give them the answer? Like, for sure. As someone about to go back into the classroom, I feel your pain. 
I mean, not me as the person going back to the classroom, you. Thank you, thank you. But but these these happen all the time, literally. They just happen all the time. And certainly when I was a younger faculty member, um, I would do what was done to me, which was I would humiliate the person. Um, you would humiliate them? That's what was done to me. Okay, so what would you say? I would, I would point out to them that it was in this place, and if they want that information, they can go read it. I would point out that, you know, I just said that, and I'm not going to repeat it again, and they can get it from someone else in notes. I mean, I would do all this publicly, like in front of, right in front everybody. of everyone. So, you know, and then I got I, – that guy, that was a little – you know, people that didn't like harsh. that. People that didn't like harsh. that, yeah. Um, so uh, not so much my bosses, but the students, you know, that's okay. So I softened it, and what I started – what I did for years and years was if someone would ask a question that – I knew everyone else knew. I would just ask someone else to answer it. Yeah. Could you fill them in? So-and-so, can you fill them yeah. in? Yeah. Can you do yeah. And always. Somebody could. Yeah, always. Probably someone like me who was taking a lot of notes. <laughs> well, somebody who was paying some attention, you know, <laughs> some degree. And so, <clears throat> but I just, I just think that when we do that, we really create an opportunity for people to shut down. I mean, in a serious, yeah. serious way. And I think yeah. probably the best critical thinking move is that I just take it seriously. Even if it's the 35th time I've heard this question. Because, I mean, who cares? Like, who cares if I've gotten it again? And if it's over email, the, this student doesn't know I've already gotten 15 of these questions. And you know what? If I've already gotten this question 15 times, that's me. That's you. That's that's me that's not, not having that, prepared. That's not them not reading the syllabus. Well, not if it's not if it's a lot. I mean, if it's if I'm getting more than one or two yeah. students, then you're like, it's I me. missed the boat. <clears throat> okay, now that one yeah. student last semester who said he spent the whole time talking about himself. We, talk, <laughs> we talked about this a couple. <laughs> yeah. That was only one student. So clearly, sure. the other students knew that the only reason you were talking about yourself is you were using you were making your own thinking explicit and in inviting them to then think about their own thinking well and he or she was the one who said he talked about himself yeah maybe they although, missed just that one missed well one. maybe i mean it's interesting right um you know the theory of student evaluations i, I think that that is interesting to think about right <clears throat> so let's say you have a 40 person class and let's yeah. say you get 10 extemporaneous comments so people wrote something right. in addition to just filling right. in the bubbles and let's say half the people didn't respond at all. Yeah. Right? So so you got 20 responses out of your 40 students. Ten of them wrote something, good or bad. Right. The other ten didn't write anything good or bad, but they answered the bubble questions. Right. Now, the question I think that's really important here is, what does the silence mean? Ah, well, The gaps. Does that mean that everyone agrees with whatever positive trends are being shown by the data on the evaluation right. or does that mean that people agree with negative trends and then of course we have the theory of ah well if people think it's really bad or really good then they fill out the form right. which isn't necessarily okay. true i need to tell you there's a lot of research on this i topic. know it's a burning and question it's a lot and i yeah. know some of the research i know just enough I do to too. be dangerous i know enough just to be paranoid but, just enough to be paranoid okay well, here's one of the things that I recently uh, did some research on is that if you want to increase students' feedback, rich feedback, like yeah. written and things like that, tell them, make it explicit, A, 
why you want them to give the feedback and what you're going to do with it because it's the end of the semester so their motivation research shows that their motivation to actually fill it in and give you a meaningful feedback is very low oh, if it's yeah. the end of the and they don't believe a it's even going to benefit or change anything for them but b if you said to them this is what i do with the feedback and this is how it influences and here's for next semester and here's how i've gotten comments in the past actually it shows you will increase your um you can increase the number of comments. So that's just one nugget of research about it mm -hmm. or that helps understand, helps us kind of understand why there's so much crickets. You know, so many students don't. Mm. It doesn't answer all your questions, but there's so much research on sets, which is student evaluation of teaching, you know, because this is my, you know me. Right. I'm over in my office doing that while you're in the classroom doing your thing. And I would love to talk about it on the show sometime. No, oh, we can certainly talk about it on the show. I mean, that I think it's important. Everybody? But but I think it's also, it just goes to assumptions that we make about incomplete data. Yes. Right? And yes. that happens, there's a lot of that going on in this article as well. Because, again, we're assuming that when people have, when people express a position, ah, well, that's a relativist. Ah, well, that's a dualist ah that's a conservative you know it's just yeah it would be nice if that were true and certainly when you're in a certain geographic area trends emerge but when we lose the geographic area um you know when we when we move out of it yeah. i'm not sure those trends always hold in fact i'm pretty sure they don't and so i i think that we just get used to what's around us where a lot of people are feeding from similar information sources, where they're um, engaging in similar lifestyle activities, you know, as us. And so the thinking is bound to have important crossover areas. Yeah, and you know what? When you throw in the COVID variable, it's like everything is now, like COVID has skewed so much of our... Oh, yeah. It's a good know. thing this is from 2007 or else you wouldn't even know how to talk about it. <laughs> okay. What could it mean? So he has a couple sentences at the very end that I just made me laugh. I have to share them. Yeah, They're go for it. They're just so I'm, hilarious. I'm sure they made me laugh as well. Okay, here's the first sentence. Okay. Or actually, there's three sentences. Three okay, sentences let's talk about laughter. his three sentences. These Brian are going to substitute for some of the jokes in the show today. <laughs> you go ahead. He says, critical thinking is a muscle that can never get enough exercise. I think you and I would both say true right that is yeah. critical thinking you yeah. can you can always be better it's the a problem the thing. problem is you know when you're doing muscular exercise sometimes <laughs> you're using adjacent muscles and you don't know it like you're not isolating the critical thinking right. muscle right because you're biased yeah because you're making assumptions about tradition muscle is there just dragging <laughs> you into the what yeah i know so, but his yeah. his point though that you and i would agree with is that critical thinking is a lifelong endeavor and you've never like reached it and then you're like, now I'm, now I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. So here's his second sense that made me laugh. This is yeah, hilarious. this one made me laugh Even too. our greatest thinkers like Aristotle, Noon, and Einstein were eventually proved sure. wrong. I'm like, really? So gravity, <laughs> we, we've rethought that a, whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I was like, I was like, is it gravity he was wrong about or calculus that he was wrong about? Like, like what? Okay, but I know, Ryan, I know what he's saying. Point he's saying, taken, yeah, Ryan, I mean, but still, you know, it made me giggle. It's not because, like, because each of these had a sort of unified <laughs> approach, not quite unified approach that was yeah. just displaced about the universe. Yeah. Okay. Everyone knows that Aristotle was questioned by Roberto and had to. Had no, to not, not Aristotle. That's <laughs> no, a different. I'm, I'm making a joke. I'm 
making a joke. Our our it's listeners can get confused. This, oh, this is history. You I'm make jokes about history sorry. because you're married to a story and you think these things are just... I know. We do a lot of history jokes in our house. I'll bet you no. do. I bet they are fast and furious. No. Yeah. And then the last sentence, the minute you think... I like this. The minute you think you have all the answers is the minute you lost your ability to think critically. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You always have the ability to think critically. So you haven't lost your ability. Ugh. It's just that minute you think you have all your answers is the minute you need to say to yourself, I'm not thinking critically. But you haven't lost your ability. You've never lost but, it unless you're dead. But I just want to point out that critical thinking is supposed to be a tool set that helps us get, say it with me, answers. Yes. So we use critical thinking to get the answers, and then we say, Ah, I've got the answers now! I'm not a critical thinker! <laughs> it's the same sophistry we saw oh, before, I'm afraid. Well, I feel like he's saying all the answers. I feel like he's saying, like, all the once answers you to this think problem. you have it figured, the world figured out, you're stopped growing and being willing to learn. Uh, listen. Brian Lee, you you actually I think dislike <laughs> Brian Tracy more than you dislike Brian Lee. I think I, the, I, I definitely dislike Brian I Tracy. I think in more the order of thinkers Brian. it'd be Brian Tracy would be on the lower part, uh, then Brian Lee, and then Brian Barnes, you think would be above him. Well, I I can't make any Rank kind of statement Bryans. like that. No, no, I can't do that because that would show that my um, my inherent dualism, perhaps, or more. If I came up with a twist on it, then they'd see. Ah, see, we knew he was a relativist all along. Maybe okay, folks. If there's another Brian thinker out there that this year we should entertain because we've had Brian Tracy, Brian mm-hmm. Lee. We've had we hear Brian Barnes all the time. What a I'm, joke that guy! I'm curious if there's another Brian Brain out there that we. Tell us on Critical Thinking for Everyone on our Facebook page. Maybe your name is Brian. Yeah, Brian Musk. Maybe. That one? <laughs> I'm just, I think it's fun. We're having fun with Brian Thinkers. So far, it's uh, to me, it's totally coincidental because every once in a while the, the news comes across my desk <laughs> that we've got a, I've got another Brian to joust with. I always feel like it's immediately confrontational, which I'd like to point out is one of the problems I have with this article. We don't talk about it a lot, but it's certainly core to my thinking, this, uh, this concept called the dialectic. And the dialectic is the principle of conflict in culture and in language and in nature. And a lot of our systems in culture, the background systems that we don't think about a lot, but we participate in every day, like the economic system, the social structure and in uh, sort of in... Um, visible ranking system, right? Because we don't have lords and ladies over here in the U.S., but we still got them, right? There's still an aristocracy. There's still a pecking yes. order. Yes. Um, those, those systems are there in the background all the time, and we can be influenced by them without trying at all, just by participating. And so the dialectic is in there driving us to compete not only for our own sakes, but in terms of our choosing. You know, the, the capitalist system that we have here really encourages dialectical thinking because we're supposed to rank products and services as being better than others and experiences. Oh, yes. That's oh, a big yeah, deal. That's a big thing. Self-improvement, me versus others. It's a huge yeah. deal. Sport. I yeah, mean, come on. It is. And Instagram. And trash talking. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's just that the dialectic is so 
it's so deeply embedded in our experiences of being American, of being English speakers, of being uh, part of a Judeo-Christian culture, uh, of being, uh, you know, inheritors of the Aristotelian tradition and the Platonic traditions. There's just so much there that's dialectical that causes us to want to, um, causes us to want to really compete and rank things and to make sure that we know what's best and what's not best. And so critical thinking gives us tools for doing that. But when we get caught up in that, when we get caught up in doing that ranking, often we are doing something ultimately that's trivial as opposed to pointing to the reasons why the rankings are significant. Like that's where the critical thinker ought to be why are there these differences right. and, and why are they important? I so, hear you. Yeah. yeah. That's hard to get away from. It's hard. Yeah. Wow. Well, you are, you are giving us a lot to think about at the end of the show. Oh, well, you've given us a lot to think about throughout the show. So thank you very much for bringing in this cool article. Are, from do you the, really? Uh, really? Are you glad we talked about it? Oh, I mean, I think that it's good. I mean, anytime there's something out there called genius types, we need to take a look at that and see what's going on. I mean, again, genius or not genius, there's a dialectical problem for our culture. Uh, Well, I've had fun talking about it. I have too. Thank you very much. And we hope that you've had fun listening about it. We hope that you've enjoyed and thinking about it. Maybe you'll talk about it with someone else. We hope that you have a great week and that as you're going through the week and trying to make tough decisions, we hope, number one, that you'll wear your mask. We hope, number two, that you'll maintain social distancing. And we hope that in all cases, you'll be thinking about your thinking and coming up with the best reasons for doing the things that you do, even those things. Because critical thinking is supposed to be there to make living better for all of us. And it has for quite some time and for an awful lot of people. So... Give it a shot. It's for everyone. Even you. Yeah, you know what I'm after. 20 bucks a day makes the station happen. 20 bucks a day is what we need. We also need your programming ideas. We also need your energy. We also need... We just need you to be part of Forward Radio. Please go over to forwardradio.org. Please donate your time, talent, and treasure. Please help us use this radio station for making the community a better place. We all have ideas we want to bring to the people. We all have change we want to see made. We all have important traditional things we want to see preserved. You can be part of that. You can make it happen on the airwaves. It's for everyone. Donate!